Welcome everyone to another episode of season five of the Collective Table Songs of Summer. During this season, we're talking with songwriters and musical artists about their songs and spirituality. Today, myself, Claire, and Talip, we're speaking with Andy Squires. Andy is a singer-songwriter based in North Carolina, and I actually know of Andy from my time attending Church on Morgan in Raleigh, North Carolina, where Andy would lead worship every once in a while. And today we'll be focusing on a worship song of his called Cherry Blossoms. Andy, we are so excited that you are joining us today. Hey guys, great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So Andy, before we get into any of the details of the song, I would love for you to share just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man, married <laughs> with kids. Most of my kids are on their way out of the house. We, we had a bunch of kids and they're all kind of, they're mostly young adults. Uh, got two teenagers left at home, but um, so yeah, so I've been a songwriter, musician for you know the better part of my adult life, but I've also spent a lot of my time uh, serving the local church. So I, I work as a pastor in a church right now. Um, so I kind of have like two projects that I'm continually, well, three projects that I'm continually working on right now in my life. I'm I'm serving my local church. I'm you know writing and producing music, and then. I've also gotten into writing books lately. So yeah, those are the three main areas of, of effort that I'm working on. Wow, I did not realize that you were a local pastor. What church are you at? Uh, I'm at a church in Charlotte called Queen City Church. Um, I'm, I'm on staff there. I'm not the lead pastor currently, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm part of the pastoral staff there. And I've been there since 2015. Wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. As we were listening to the song, some of the stuff that kind of shot out to me, like at least in, in sound, is it's a very folk sounding. Are there any inspirations that you have that you feel main artists that you really love that sort of um, inspire you or like that sort of put you in the place where you were writing this tune specifically? Mm -mm. No, there was there was not there wasn't any type of uh, the story of that song is is like that that song that song is part of a story arc of across that whole record cherry blossoms so so that as a standalone song it's like it's like if you were looking at easter week cherry blossoms is is the sunday of of a really bad week you know so when i wrote that song in particular i honestly didn't have anything other than just the story the process of me walking through the actual story of that, where that song was born out of. And, and I remember exactly where I was when I wrote it. I was, I was in my bedroom. I think I had been walking around the house just kind of like in a fog. And I just grabbed my guitar and I started playing those, those opening chords. And um, I knew right away, it was, it, I wrote the song fairly quickly. And I knew right away that it was special. I mean, I write a lot of songs, but they're not all, you, you wish they were all that good, but they're not. And, but I, I quickly knew that one was going to be something else. And was that lyrics first for you or was it music first? Was it all at the same time? Like how did that? I get, I get asked that question a lot. I'm not a, I'm not a music's first 
or lyrics first guy, I, I have to have a, sometimes I'll occasionally have a lyric idea, like if I'm driving in the car, but it, they all come at the same time to me. Cause to me, lyrics are, are so intertwined. There's such a marriage between the, the lyric and the, and the melody. I, I find it hard to do them separately. I have done them separately, but I think the older I've gotten, the more instinctual I've gotten in my writing. It's so it's like I can generally follow an idea into a place where the melody and the lyrics are landing simultaneously. Will I I was going to ask about when you sing this song, how maybe it changes for you depending on where you're singing it. Because I noticed in your music video on YouTube, you're singing it outside. As someone who I am from North Carolina, I grew up on a farm. I still love spending time outdoors. I feel like the song lends itself to that. And at the end, you hear cows mooing, you hear the crickets humming tell us more about that yeah well that video is honestly it's it's really the start of everything for me because uh we i think we i think i wrote the song in 2010 and we filmed that video i think around late 2010 maybe early 2011. prior to that moment i had i had been doing music but it was mostly in the genre of like just straight up corporate worship music um and i and i had some little bits of success here and there but when that song went into the world it changed everything for me because that video itself i i can't use the word viral but with it within a certain niche audience that that song did really well for us and we did we filmed it in the field behind my house because i don't know it just felt like it just made sense you know i wrote i wrote the song on a farm that whole record cherry blossom it's filled with allusions to the, the land that we were living on at the time. It just made sense when we were trying to come up with video ideas just to go. That, that's my oldest daughter. Oh, cool. Wow. But yeah, I just felt like it needed to be a family affair with the, with the cows in our background too, you know? <laughs> yeah. So those are your cows? No, they, okay. they were on, they were the property owners that we were renting from at the time. But I think my dog is, is running around. There's a cow dog. I can't remember what type he was, but his name was Clarence. He's in the video. So that was, that was special too. <laughs> I love that. And I smell the sweet cherry blossoms Pouring all their gladness into my soul it's such a sensory experience mm-hmm. you describe the warm wind blowing this you know and it culminates with these sweet cherry blossoms can yeah you, can you tell us more about you know those lyrics specifically definitely i'm i'm actually not known for for happy songs i'm always skewing tragic in 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 my communicating and but that song Gosh, you know, sometimes songs just drop out of the sky and and I'm actually I take writing, the craft of writing very seriously and I'm always suspicious of people who say things like God gave me this song or <laughs> I get I get what people mean when they say that, but a lot of times the 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 end result 
I don't know is I don't know if it's good enough to be for God to take the blame for it. You know what I mean? But, but like for this song, particularly, it did just feel like it dropped out of heaven. And for me, it was like, when I was writing it, I think I was trying to lay hold of something that I hadn't quite felt like I was anticipating goodness coming back into my life. And I think those pictures of, I mean, what's funny about the song is that the pictures aren't groundbreaking. You know, there's, there's nothing new there going on. Like maybe, I mean, back to the conversation about, you know, the first question was about inspiration. Maybe there's some, some like, like late Motown motif going on there, you know, some Curtis Mayfield leanings. And, and maybe I was channeling that without knowing it because it's funny because I like the first lyric is well, or like depending on where I'm singing it, it, it could even be and, and I feel a warm wind blowing or well, I feel a warm wind blowing. It's like, it almost starts in mid thought. It's, there's not, there's not really a setup. It's just like you, you dive straight into this picture. There's not quite a narrative happening. It's more like painting a picture, but for some reason it just works really, really well. And I think it's the kind of song that without trying, it makes people feel something before they even have that reality working in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the best, like the best kinds of songs do that, you know, like, you know, like the old Elton John thing of like sad songs, they say so much. Well, they really do. It's like, you, you can't stop singing sad songs, but, if all you do is sing sad songs, then you you probably end up in trouble. I think cherry blossoms for me was a bit of a like a life preserver that I needed. You know, just to sing my sing my way out of the darkness. You know, so so that that warm wind, the smell of those cherry blossoms, the that springtime imagery. Like I said, nothing revolutionary, but you know what? This is the thing about art: is that if the spirit, when I say the spirit, I mean the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. If the spirit is on something, you can take the oldest language. And if the spirit is on it, it will it will cause it to be made new, you know. And I think that's what happened on that song. That's beautiful. And and getting to that, you know, the rest of your album, you were saying this was Sunday. That this song was the the song of hope. Maybe walk us through some of the themes throughout the album. I know some of it was was I read about your grief with with um, some issue in your life with your friend, right? Could yeah. you walk us through some of that and even um. Does any of that sort of play into the hope that you were trying to get to or the Sunday that the, the, of this? Yes. Yes. So uh, here's another reason why I think Cherry Blossoms as a song works. Yeah. Because the song came out of a tribe. Like the song came out of a tribe's story. I, I think a problem with a lot of the music that we we listen to today is that 
it's disconnected. Like one of the main issues that we have in the world right now is the sense of disconnectedness. We're, we're, we're connected by all things electronic. And so we often have a sense of connectivity. But I, I actually believe that the future of humanity is going to be found in local places. It's going to be localized, right? So, so even, even in our attempts to build platforms to get people who might be alone in the world, right? We, we want to reach those people. But to me, at least what I'm trying to do with my life is I'm trying to tell people that the, the healthiest um, version of human life is one that is connected to some, some type of community. And the story of Cherry Blossoms is I was a part of a church we were, you know, small church, maybe 200, 250 people, tight-knit community. God was doing amazing things for us, to us, through us. You know, we just had a lot to be grateful for, kind of just enjoying life, life in God. Um, and then in the middle of it all, we ha- there was a night, I'll never forget it, a dear, dear, dear friends of ours were sleeping in their bed one night. And um, somebody came into their house, broke into their house, and murdered the husband of of this this family. You know, the wife and husband and their little baby was in in this in this bed, and somebody broke in and shot the man five times. And and mm-hmm. the case remains unsolved. Now I've walked through the valley of the shadow. And so, but you can imagine like the immediate aftermath of that happening within the context of our community was, well, you, you, you go, it's like you're, you're, this is, this is how it is. I've, I've, in, in the telling of the story over the years, I meet people or talk to people over and over about this. There's this strange dynamic that happens where you're, you're living regular life until you're not. You're living regular life until you meet some kind of thing that happens to you that you have no answers for. And that's what happened to us as a church. We were traveling along with God. We, we were met with this, by this crushing tragedy and we didn't know how to proceed like except except for like taking the next breath taking the next foot step you know living the next day and so maybe six months for me and my family because we were very close to the family that this happened to maybe it was just like six months of speechlessness like you know all your questions about is there a god come up like how do these things happen like you, whatever theology you have, mine got reordered. My theology, the way I, I, I thought about God and prayer life and how he interacts with humankind, that all was challenged. And then there was a reordering. Part of my process after six months of silence was I just started writing. Like I was writing songs and there's some very, very sad songs on the record. Like What Nobody Should Know, Love Supreme. I can't think of the names are eluding me, but like, it, but it's a, the, the whole record until you get to cherry blossoms is like, it's, it's Holy week. It's like, it's a confrontation. Mm. It's a desolation and a desecration and resurrection doesn't come just because it's a date on the calendar, you know? 
So the songs, the whole record was written in the context of community. And I think that that's why, because I didn't have a record label. I didn't have a marketing strategy. I didn't have any of that. But I think that the song was good enough because it was born in a very powerful place, in a very real place. And I think human beings all over the place were hearing that. Even, even if they didn't know it, they were going, I don't know what's going on here because the chords aren't, they're not brand new and the melody's not brand new and the lyrics aren't brand new. What is <laughs> making this thing go? Truth. I mean, having the truth in there though, you, you, you have even what you explained and unpacked for us here. It's it resonates and and it's the truth of the of of that out of out of this tragedy, like you said, we're all looking for Sunday. We're all wait, we kind of even through the midst of of horrible things that happened in our lives. Um, that's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. And what you say about realness, because you talk about you know in winter I believe you, before in springtime I see you, and that that winter being so real and mm. and not just going straight to Sunday, straight to the spring. Yeah. You know, you're you're in that winter. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us, Andy. Sure. That this light affliction is not my home. I'm curious about how if this song has evolved for you over time. Because you know, you you shared a little bit about where the song was born out of. Now it's over a decade later. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's you know you pray you pray for a hit as an artist, but but hits are blessings, and then and then they become curses. You know because um, it's the it's the thing where it's the song that you don't want to sing anymore, but everybody who comes <laughs> to your shows is is like that's why they bought the ticket, right? I don't quite have an answer for you, except to say that I. one thing I've realized is that songs, so, sometimes a song, sometimes you don't own a song anymore. Sometimes a song becomes, it, 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 it exceeds, that song has exceeded even my audience. Like I, I'm a niche artist. I don't, I don't have a massive following, but I have a good enough following to stay you know, to stay working, you know, but that song has even gone beyond that thing. And I think, so what it means to me is that I, I have this continual thankfulness that I was able to, I mean, be a part of a song that, you know, I mean, that song has been covered at least a dozen times now by various artists and, and different church groups. And so for that, I'm super thankful. I do, if I'm going to be honest, I do have to really work to perform it live. You know, I have to give myself a pep talk like, <laughs> you need to feel this. You need to feel like, don't take this for granted. Don't, don't forget how magical this was. Because I, I, I will never forget the very first time I sang it. It was the, I, I maybe I wrote it on a Tuesday and I brought it to church to lead at church on a Sunday. And I mean, it was like the heavens opened up and, you know, the rain of heaven began to pour out in the, in the, in the sanctuary because there wasn't a dry eye in the house and front to back people were, were singing it. I mean, by the end of the first chorus, the very first time I did that song, people were all over it. I mean, there, there wasn't anybody sitting back going, yeah, I'm not sure about this song. 
can we sing that in church? I'm I'm not very sure. <laughs> right. There wasn't any of that conversation. Wow. Wow. Well, I appreciate you you talking about the song with us today. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <Even> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Cuz I I will say in in my time attending the church in Raleigh that I know of you from. Yeah. That was definitely a standout song that we would sing in worship. Yeah. When you would join us or, you know, when there were other folks leading worship. Yeah. And that's a great reminder cuz I wouldn't necessarily come and do that song, but Justin Morgan, the yeah. pastor of that church, he would always say, be like, Andy, you got to do cherry blossoms. And I would yep. be like, if you insist, right? But it, but the payoff is, is always like, yeah, this, this song, even though it's over a decade old, it, it still keeps, it, it keeps doing its work. It keeps doing the thing that it was born to do. And it's honestly really important for artists not to forget that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What are you working on right now? What is sort of your your um, next thing? I'm curious of just even as we're talking about this, you know, do you have other projects coming up that sort of are inspiring you right now? Or what are you, what are you excited about? Well, my record Poet Priest came out exactly a year ago. So April 2021, it came out. And that to me, that project is, I mean, is it is it okay if I call it a masterpiece? I don't know if it's okay, but I'm just gonna <laughs> say it, you know, like it's freaking phenomenal. So I've been touring that record and then, and then I wrote a book. I wrote a book this year and then that got published in November of 2021. And then volume two, I've got another book coming out in, in May. And so that's, those are the things that I've been working on recently. So. That's great. I have your your poet priest, the volume one Very book. Very cool. Yeah. I, I love the way that you used pictures and multimedia and you you mixed in some of your song lyrics and some of your own poetry work in there. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. That thing, that thing, it's funny. I it's become kind of a joke now, but it's been a little bit insulting how good that book has done compared to my music because it went like we sold we sold 3,000 copies in a month and it was just like we'd never seen anything like it before I mean it was just such a it, it was just so weird to see people's response to the to the words you know like I'm a reader but I think I'd rather listen to music you know <laughs> <laughs> who are you reading right now anybody that you're inspired by in that in that realm um let's see i mean i'm i'm a I, I read it all i mean it's funny i've i've got uh i've got steinbeck's grapes of wrath on the on my bedside table i mean surprisingly enough i had never read it before this year wow but i bought a i bought a copy for my wife and she read it and she's like andy i cannot believe you haven't read this book this is like right up your alley and so i'm i'm three-fourths through that right now so but i'm i'm a steinbeck fan so it was it was easy to get into and you know enjoy that's awesome i know talib asked about things that you're working on is there anything else that you'd like to share or anything that's that's next 
for you that you're looking forward to? Well, I mean, the the only thing that I would really ask people to keep their eyes open for is my next book, uh, Poet Priest Volume 2, that will be coming out in May, either late May or early June. I'm not okay. sure yet, but like if they want to follow me on Instagram, that's like a great place to keep keep track of what I'm working on because we'll, we're, we're going to be, you know, pr- promoting the heck out of that when it comes out. So, and I, and then I hope to be releasing some music this year too. So not, not a full album, but some singles. So. Well, great. Where, where can people find you on, on Instagram? Uh, just, they can just find my name, Andy Squires. Squires is spelled S Q U Y R E S if they're looking for me. So that's probably the best place to keep up with me. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a pleasure. And to our listeners, give Andy a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Instagram as well. We'll be sharing some of his stuff at The Collective Table. And we hope you're enjoying your summer. Thanks, guys. Good.